This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 121. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. All right, what's up? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Hey, I want to thank you if you're a regular listener. I appreciate you listening week after week. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, a special warm welcome. You're in the right place if you want to become a better jazz musician and you want to join all of us in our journeys to uh, working on that, to becoming better musicians and general, but understanding jazz and how it works. And uh, I'm going to help you do that today. I have an episode uh, planned for you. It's a little more of a jazz theory episode. Today, we're going to be talking about secondary dominance and backdoor dominance, making sure we understand what those are, uh, whether this is something you understand already or not. I think this is a good episode to dig into. You know, I have a rule that I talk about in my jazz theory uh, book called Zero to Improv, and it's called the Jazz Improv Rule. And that rule is in order to become better jazz improvisers, we have to understand jazz harmony, right? I mean, we need to be learning language by ear, all that stuff. But if we understand how these chord progressions work and how we uh, how we can analyze some of this stuff, it can really open up the doors for us to intellectually understand some of this stuff. So we have some names for, for chords, fancy stuff uh, today, secondary dominance, backdoor dominance. There's so many others. We're just going to be diving into these two today, making sure we understand them. Hey, I want to make sure that if you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening service. I don't want you to miss anything that we're coming up with. Uh, I'm really particularly stoked about the next month or so of this podcast. I'm getting really fired up. Uh, we have an incredibly great guest lined up for next week. I don't want to tell you who it is because I, I definitely want you to stick around for this one. Uh, very excited. But after that, we are going to be di- diving pretty deep. Uh, this is the year 2018 uh, for those listening in the future. But in July, uh, I'm going to start really talking about something that's really important to me. And I mentioned this a couple uh, episodes back. I'm, I'm going to be talking about practicing how to practice uh, in a goal-oriented, focused way, setting your practice sessions up for success, and practicing the right things. Uh, because in August, we are going to be relaunching uh, my my probably my favorite thing that I do on Learn Jazz Standards, which is uh, our 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing course, which we are renaming to 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing. Uh, a little bit of a rebrand here just from, you know, we, basically what's happened is, you know, over the last year and a half, we had a lot of students go through this course uh, and everybody has given such positive feedback. But along the way, you know, 
I'm dedicated to helping all the students, whether you're in this course right now or whether you're thinking about taking this course, I'm dedicated to always improving this course, making it the best it can be. And so I've gathered feedback uh, from students. Uh, I'm adding more resources. Uh, I'm adding more materials. Uh, I'm adding more supportive stuff. Uh, we're just changing up the format just ever so slightly. Uh, again, for those in the course, nothing to worry about. Keep plugging through. Nothing is drastic as far as the course content. But uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm repackaging some things here because I, I just wholly believe in this course and that it can do a lot of stuff. Uh, so I want you to stay subscribed. Make sure you're listening in because I want to just give away as much value as I can, uh, whether or not you end up taking this course in August. So make sure you are plugged into that. But I am just so stoked. Me and the team are working really, really, really hard to get this all put together for August. Uh, and along the way, in July, we're going to have some special guests from actual students and people that are in this course. Uh, to I'm just going to help them out. I'm going to help them out further. And it's going to be fun because uh, we're all going to learn a lot together. So make sure you are subscribed. All right. I am chatting away. Let's get into today's main topic. Here we go. All right, just to reiterate my jazz improv rule, if we want to become better jazz improvisers, we have to understand jazz harmony. And that's why today we are going to be talking about uh, secondary dominant, uh, dominant chords and we're going to be talking about backdoor dominant chords. Because sometimes when we're going through jazz standards, which are the vehicles in which jazz musicians use to improvise, right? We know that we need to be studying jazz standards, whether or not we want to compose our own music, because that's where we learn all these harmonic lessons that we can take and move on from there. So sometimes when we go through jazz standards, we see things, uh, chords and chord progressions, and we need to understand how they function. And sometimes we see things that may go outside of the regular, in fact, oftentimes we will see things that go outside of the regular diatonic series, right? So we need to understand how those things work. I want to first start with uh, secondary dominance. What are secondary dominance? Let me just give you a definition really quick, and then we're going to go over some examples. A secondary dominant is when a dominant seventh chord acts as a five chord of a diatonic chord other than the tonic. We call this tonicization. This means the chord, the secondary dominant precedes, now sign, sounds like a new tonic to the listener. Now, I know there's a lot of you know, funny terminology in there, so let's break this down into layman's terms here. Okay, first we have to understand a five chord is always going to resolve to the one chord. Okay, five to one, it's that pull to the tonic. The tonic is that key center. That's what we mean by tonic. So in the key of concert C major, the five chord is a G7, right? And the one chord is a C major seven or C major nine, whatever, any variation of. So G, you can alter that. Now you hear the resolution there? There's that pull from the five to the one, from that five chord to the tonic, which is C, okay? Now, when we have a secondary dominant, this means the chord, the secondary dominant proceeds, now sounds like a new tonic to the listener because a secondary dominant chord uh, acts as a five chord of a diatonic chord other than the tonic. So in other words, we're not talking in the key of C, we're not talking about a G7 to a C major seven. We're talking about, we are in the key of C, but we are going to be tonicizing a different chord in the diatonic series. Now, if that's still confusing to you, let's pick a chord here. Let's pick uh, the two chord. What is the two chord in the key of concert 
C. Okay, we have C and then what? D, D minor seven. Okay, that's what it is. If you go through the diatonic series of seventh chords, the two chord is D minor seven. So let's pick D minor seven. And what we're going to do is we're going to set up a secondary dominant that goes into D minor seven. So first of all, what would be the five chord of D minor? Okay, this is where we're tonicizing that D minor. Okay, what is the five chord? Think about it for one second. It's A7, right? A7, C minor 7, uh, sorry, C minor 7, huh, D minor 7, right? So we have A7 or A7 alt because we like hearing that altered sound or flat 9 or, or sharp 9 that leads into a minor 7th chord, right? So now it's as if that D minor 7 is not the 2 chord in C major. D minor 7 is a new tonic. It's a new 1. This is going to be way easier to understand if I use an actual tune. Uh, okay. You know the song All of Me? A lot of people know that one, right? Okay, this is a great example of a secondary dominant. We are in the key of C, just like I was using as an example. So the song starts with a C major 7. Right? And then it goes to an E7. Okay, that E7, you could think of that as a dominant 3 chord. Uh, but, you know, there's another way I would look at it, but it's going to get to my point in a second here. Then we go to an A7, right? Okay, now this is where we are going to be tonicizing that D minor 7 now, right? Because think about it for a second. The diatonic series... A7 does not exist in the key of concert C major 7, right? In the key of concert C. The 6th chord would normally be a minor 7th chord, an A minor 7. But when we make this a dominant 7th chord, that implies that we're about to go for, for, to a 5-1. And in this case, the 5-1 is A7, right? It's that A minor, that A7 to D minor 7. Now, we fully understand that if we want to just relate all this back to the parent key center, that A7 is like the dominant 6 chord of C major 7. We understand that D minor 7 is the 2 chord in C major, right? We understand that, but what a secondary dominant is doing, it is making it seem to the listener that we are approaching a new tonic, and that new tonic in this case is D minor 7, okay? So again, we start with C major here. E7, A7, okay, there's that, right, it seems to resolve to the D minor 7, so A7 is a secondary dominant to, to D minor 7, now, this next part really proves my point even more, if we go further into the song, we go back to that E7, it goes... So you hear this last chord here? This is an A minor 7. 
And obviously, just a second ago, we had an A7 serving as the secondary dominant going to D minor 7. But now you heard there was a resolution to this A minor 7. So, right, we go back to that E7. And then we have this line. What is this? This is, a, this is still E7. It's a dominant 7 chord. And it's resolving to an A minor 7. So now we have E7 is now acting as a secondary dominant going into A, right? Because think about it for a second here. E7 is not diatonic. It's not truly diatonic in the key of C, right? It would have to be, it would be the three chord and it'd have to be a minor chord. It'd have to be E minor, but it's not. It's E7, okay? So now it's acting as this resolution into A minor 7. So in other words, we have these two different secondary dominants here. We're tonicizing, it's a hard word to say, different chords in this song, but we're still under the umbrella of concert C. So one more time. There's the tonic. Now, I look at this really, this E7, this first E7, as a two a dominant two chord going into D minor, right? Because the next chord is that A A7. D minor seven, which is the two chord in C major seven, but it's being tonicized, right? So it's the, it's, uh, it's really feeling like a one chord, but then we go back to that E7. But now this E7 is acting as a dominant seventh chord that resolves to the A minor seven. So it's the five of the A minor seven, which feels like the one. But again, what is really A minor seven? It's the sixth chord in C major, right? It's the sixth chord in C major. It is a different diatonic chord in the umbrella of C without being the parent tonic, right? Which is which is C, which is C is the one chord. Does that make sense? It can be kind of confusing uh, to, to think about. But essentially, anytime you see a dominant seventh chord approaching another diatonic chord in the key center, you can automatically start thinking and asking yourself the question, is that a secondary dominant? Should I be should I be approaching this differently? And the reason why this is important is because if you understand it's a secondary dominant, it's actually going to help you play a little bit differently. Suddenly you're going to be thinking, oh, key of D minor, right? Now, a lot of times uh, in, in, in these things too, you can add a two chord to any of this. So that might be the dominant seventh chord, but what is the two chord in D minor seven? Well, it's E minor seven flat five. A7, D minor 7. And you see this happen all the time. In fact, a lot of times it happens with the 6th chord, right? So you're in the key of C, and then all of a sudden we go B minor 7, E7, A minor 7, right? A minor 7 is the 6th chord, but we're doing a secondary dominant with a 2 chord in front of it. Right? And then usually goes to some kind of dominant 2, and then minor 2 five back to the one. Okay. Does that make sense? So this happens all the time in jazz. And if you can understand this, it will help you improvise. It'll help you think about it and approach it differently. So that's a secondary dominant 
chord right there. So make sure you look, you're looking out for that uh, when you are going through jazz standards. Let's talk about the backdoor dominant now. The backdoor dominant is not as common as the secondary dominant, okay? It's not as common. Secondary dominance, you're going to see this all the time, and that's why I really want you to understand that. Backdoor dominants are less common. I will give you examples, and you do see them, though, and understanding what they are and why they are there can help you, uh, in general, understand when you see them so you can approach them. Now, let's talk about a definition here of a backdoor dominant. So a backdoor dominant is a dominant seventh chord that substitutes the five seven chord for a flat seven chord, a flat seven, a a flat dominant seventh chord approaching the one chord by a whole step. This works because the flat seven has a lot of notes in common with an altered 5-7 chord. Okay, so an example of this, again, we're in the key of concert C major, so an example of this would be B flat 7 to C major 7, okay? Uh, We see this happen in Lady Bird, if you know that song. So what happens there, it goes da 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 F minor 7, B flat 7, and then to C major 7. That B flat 7 is a backdoor dominant leading to C major 7. We're going to go over more examples here uh, of this with Stella by Starlight, actually, in one second. But let's talk a little bit further about this. Why does this work? As I said in the definition, that... That flat dominant seven chord, that flat seven dominant seventh chord has a lot of notes in common with the altered five chord. So first of all, what is the five chord in C major seven, right? It's G7, right? G7. Now specifically, the backdoor dominant has a lot to do with more like a G7 flat nine, right? Which is totally fine because all the time we alter extensions in five chords or dominant seventh chords in order to create more resolution to that tonic, to that one chord. So let's do a little analysis really quick. Let's just look at a basic G7 chord. What are the notes in it? It's G, B, D, F. G is the root, B is the third, D is the fifth, and F is the flat seven. Now let's look at the backdoor dominant, which remember it's a whole step down from that tonic, which is C. So that's a B flat seven is the backdoor dominant. So that's B flat, D, F, A flat, right? So root third, fifth, flat seven. Now let's look at each note in the backdoor dominant chord and compare it to G7, the five chord in C, right? So now B flat is like the flat three in a G7. Now that sounds weird, but you can also think of that as the sharp nine, right? If you want to just say it's an extension stacked on top, it's like a sharp nine. So already we got some altered quality here. Now the D is like the fifth in G7, right? That's That's a really structural chord tone right there. So that makes sense. The F, which is the fifth, right? The fifth of B flat seven is like the same note as the flat seven of G7. Now, flat seven, that, right? that defines the dominant seventh chord. So, so far, that makes sense. Now, the A flat, which is the flat seven of B flat seven, is like the flat nine 
of G7, right? I was just telling you that's why they have these in common, This uh, that flat nine in common, right? That's the G7 flat nine right there. You hear that. And then this right here, that's the B flat seven, that flat nine on top, which is the flat seven of, of B flat seven. Does that make sense? So... Uh, if we want to understand where the G fits in the picture, the root, right, the root of the dominant of the five chord G seven, where that fits in with the backdoor dominant, well, a G is like a thirteenth in B flat seven, right? That's the thirteenth of B flat seven. So that may, you know, we can we can basically substitute a B flat thirteen instead of that G seven. And the reason this works because there's that they it, they connect with each other, right? They, there's this forward movement that connects it together, right? In the key, in the case of uh, Ladybird, I was just talking about. All right, whoops. It goes C major seven, the tonic, to F minor seven to B flat seven. Now F minor to B flat seven. What is that? F minor is the two chord to B flat, right? So it's two B flat. Now you would normally expect that to resolve to an E flat major seven, but this is now acting as a backdoor two five chord progression into C major seven. So we have C major seven, then F minor seven, or that's like the minor four of C major seven, F minor seven, B flat seven. So a two five, the five is the, the backdoor dominant, resolving right now the reason it sounds good is because there is forward motion and resolution so not only does it share uh, those altered chord tones and in structural chord tones with the five chord g7 it has that forward motion that makes it work that makes it sound good okay let's talk let's use another example let's use stella by starlight because stella by starlight is one of those tunes that confuses the heck out of everybody and uh, understandably so so it starts on an E minor 7 flat 5. At least that's what everybody plays. So. Here it is, the backdoor dominant. Okay, to the B flat major 7. So essentially... Stella by Starlight goes through a lot of weird key things, okay? But it kind of all boils down to the key of concert, B-flat major, right? That's the chord that keeps getting resolved to. So we have E minor 7 flat 5 to an A7, so it's like a 2-5 there. Now we have C minor 7 to F7, that's like a 2-5 going into B flat major seven, but it doesn't go there. It goes to F minor seven to B flat seven to E flat major seven. Now E flat major seven, that's like the four chord in B flat major, right? So we have a two, five, one to E flat major seven. But then it goes A flat seven and resolves to B flat major seven, which is the one chord. Well, right there, we have a secondary dominant, right? That's a secondary dominant. So right, A flat seven. 
minor seven. Now here is a two five secondary dominant here. Check this out. Then it goes B flat minor seven, E flat seven. Now that's a two five going into A flat major seven, but it doesn't do that. It resolves to F major seven. Weird, right? But it's not completely weird if you understand that B flat minor seven and E flat seven is the secondary dominant, or sorry, the secondary, the backdoor dominant. Oh, we just talked about second, we're on backdoor dominance now. The backdoor dominant leading into F major seven, right? E flat seven is a whole step down. It is the flat dominant seven, the flat seven dominant seven, it's so hard to say, of F major seven, right? So it's a backdoor dominant. So we have two backdoor dominants there just in the first part of that song. We have... A flat going to the B flat major seven, then and then here we have B flat minor seven, E flat seven, the secondary, uh, the secondary, the backdoor dominant to the F major seven. Does that make sense? Okay, so that is the backdoor dominant. So one more time, I'll read that definition to try to sum all this up for you here. I know, I know, this is kind of heady stuff but it's important. A backdoor dominant is a dominant seventh chord that substitutes the five seven chord for a flat seven dominant seven chord, approaching the one chord by a whole step, right? Like E flat seven to F major seven, whole step. This works because the flat seven dominant seven has a lot of notes in common with an altered seven chord, right? We went through that. Uh, and one more time, I'll actually go through that. So just like how we talked about in Stella by Starlight, that A flat seven is this the backdoor dominant going into the B flat major seven. Think about it. The A flat is like the flat three or the sharp nine of F seven, which is F seven is the five chord that leads into B flat, right? And then C is the third of A flat seven, but it's the fifth of F seven. And then E flat is the fifth of A flat seven, but it is the flat seven of F seven. And then G flat is the flat seven of A flat seven, but it's the flat nine of F seven. So, right, you see those, it has those tones uh, in common with it, right? So, yeah, if this is if this is kind of tricky stuff for you, don't worry. Go to the show notes today. It's going to be learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 121. And actually, recently we had one of our writers at Learn Jazz Standards, Josiah Bornasian. He's been on this podcast before, and he'll probably be in the future soon. Uh, he wrote an awesome, awesome lesson about backdoor dominant seventh chords, and he has a lot more visuals there for you and even explains this in further depth. So if any of this is kind of confusing you, simply use this podcast to open the door into that. So go to the show notes and check that out today. Okay, so we have secondary dominant chords. We have backdoor dominant chords you know, these are the secondary is very common. The backdoor is less common. But these are things that I want you to look out for when you're going through jazz standards, because the more you understand this stuff, the better improviser you will be because you will understand what you're actually looking at. All right, that's all for today's show. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you're able to hang with some of this uh, today. Like I said, show notes to uh, find that article if you need a little extra visual help with some of this stuff. Uh, but hey, you know, this is important stuff. If you like 
analyzing jazz standards. If you think this is helpful for you to do stuff like this, we, this is entirely what we do in the Jazz Standards Playbook. It's an ebook and a companion course. It is analyze jazz standards, look at the harmony, try to figure out the lessons, and apply it to our jazz improv. So if you're interested in that book, in that course, go to the Jazz Standards Playbook dot com to check that out. Now, as I always ask, and if you have not done this yet, I highly uh, would appreciate it if you go to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening service and leave a rating and a review for the show, a positive one, just to share with others how this podcast has helped you. Super easy to do. Takes just a couple minutes, if that, and uh, just a free way to give back to this podcast. So leave a rating and a review. And uh, of course, subscribe and uh, make sure you share this episode if you find it helpful with a friend. All right, we're going to be coming out with a brand new episode episode and with a special guest next week on the podcast, episode 122. And I look forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.